0: Oh man, I've got a lot to say and not a lot of time, so y'all better listen fast. Use both ears. Use both ears. Uh, I'm going to go through the scriptures first, and then we're going to kind of dissect them a little bit. There's a, a couple themes that carry on through Matthew here, and I'll skip around for time's sake. Um, but there's a couple words I'm, I'm going to kind of point out. I want you to kind of hang on to that. We're going to come back to. So uh, we're going to start in Matthew 5:43. So if you'll turn there, Matthew five forty-three, and we're going to skip down around, but uh, we'll end up in Philippians 4, 6, but we're going to skip down through Matthew first. Um, skip, I might tell you, all okay, we'll get back to that. Matthew five forty-three. So so I saw quickly I get distracted. All right. You have heard it said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, verse 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. There's one of the key phrases, your Father in heaven. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? There's another phrase there. He's talking about pagans. He's giving a contrast of who you are your people, and pagans. So he's talking to two different groups of people here. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Amen. That's easy, right? Listen, he gives a description before he gives you the the absolute truth of what that means. He's talking about loving. He's talking about loving your enemies as yourself. He's talking about loving people regardless of how you feel about them. That's a radical type of love, okay? Matthew 6, 7. He says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like who? Like the pagans. Okay? Do not keep on babbling like the pagans. He's talking about prayer here. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. There it is again. Your father. He knows what you need even before you ask him. See the contrast here. He's kind of talking about pagans and gods and then the character of the father, of our father. Verse 9. This then is how you should pray. And we're going to kind of stop in the middle of the prayer because I don't want to go the way all the way through it and, and dissect all of it. But I want to focus on this first part. It says, our Father, here we are again, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, where? Where? On earth, On earth as it is in heaven. Okay, remember that. Jump down to Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. In another, another translation says, do not be anxious. So where it says worry, you can you can kind of substitute those because we're going to be talking about anxiety here in a minute. Do not worry or be anxious about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father, there it is again, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying or, having ang- or being anxious add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and thrown in the fire, and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For for Who? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father, there it is again, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right, so we're going to skip over to Philippians 4:6, and then we're going to dig into this. Philippians 4, 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right. All of that is good news. What we do with a lot of these scriptures is we make them prescriptive instead of descriptive. Something we talk about a lot in here. Scripture for the Christian, for the believer, for the born-again believer is descriptive, not prescriptive. Meaning you don't have to work your way up to this. When it says don't be anxious about anything, if you're anxious, what does that do? It gives you anxiety. (laughs) Right? If you're anxious, you go, You're right, I don't want to be anxious, so I'm gonna try not to be anxious, but I'm still anxious, and I'm anxious about being anxious. And I'm really this is not going very well for me. And what he's saying is, no, he's not saying try to do these things harder so that you'll be better. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, look, your father knows what you need before you even need it. Your father. So I'm going to give you a brief story just to give you some perspective of what I have anxiety about. Part of, part of dealing with your issues sometimes is being vulnerable and letting other people know what the issues that you have. It's, it's why we confess our sins one to another. Not so that we can remember all of them and we're forgiven for them. We're forgiven once and for all in Jesus. But we confess our sins one to another. Why? Because it's good for us. It's healthy. Do what? Yes, yeah, so you can be healed. It's, it's, it's healthy for us. So... In doing so, I'm going I'm to share a story. It's not because it's all about me, but it's just so you can understand a little bit about what I had, or sometimes still struggle with anxiety about. One of the things that I struggle with is my—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's like waiting for a ball to drop, waiting for something bad to happen, right? So I always feel like I'm—I uh, don't—I don't say that. Let me take that back. I don't always feel like this, but f- for a season, especially, I felt um, inadequate, like I was not good enough to do some of the things that I that I did. Uh, most of you know I dropped out of high school, I, I didn't go to college, I got my my Jed. I think that's the good enough degree. So I got my, got my GED. Um, I didn't go to a formal seminary, so I'm not I'm not schooled in Greek and, and Hebrew, although I've got the internet, thankful for the day and time that we live in that I can study the Greek and Hebrew and and look at the at the the context of what's going on and the lexicons of all those words. It's really cool to do that now. but always in the back of my head I, w- I, I felt like I was gonna mess up at some point and like I would just be on display for everybody to go, oh, you're you you're you're not, you're not good enough or you're not does that make sense? you're not you're not a real pastor you're not you know what I mean you're not that that good you're not that smart. The same thing I struggle with in my workplace. Um, I worked at the same company for years and I worked just as, as a, a basic manual labor guy for eight or ten years until I was born again and began to realize that I had some value. Um, and I began to work and, and I worked in different areas um, through this company onto a different company. And, and made a little bit better career out of it. But at the same time, I will get in front of people and they're working on sometimes million dollar projects and I'm talking to these people about these projects and they're be in the back of my head, what are you doing here? How did you end up here? And these people are trusting me to help them in their business. And it blows my mind sometimes and it's only because of God. It's not because of, you know, he's, he's placed this in me that I can do some of these things. And, and I don't, and, and over the years I've learned to, to lean more and more on him, especially when I find myself in those positions, speaking to you guys or speaking in other engagements in different places. I've learned to lean on him more heavily where I go, you know what? If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here, right? Now, in that, here's the cool thing about that is, in that it builds not arrogance but confidence. There's a big difference. It builds in me confidence to be able to speak to people. I've reached out to two or three different people even this past week after the Lord's been stirring something up in our church and stirring something up in me That I feel like I need to speak some things, especially about my history, my testimony, in certain other areas in in the city. I've never done that before. I've reached out to people and said, hey, if I've been praying about this and the Lord's leading me to do this, if you guys would have me, I'd like to speak at this next engagement. And that's not because I think, hey, i got something to say and I'm going to change the world because of how cool I am. Or I'm charismatic or, or I've got a great personality. No, I think the Lord has done some things in my life that I can share and help people. You too, it's not just me. Now here's what's cool about that. As, as I struggle with those anxieties, the Lord, God, he's so good. The Lord is creative in his, in, his, uh, in his speaking. Have any of you experienced that? He doesn't just speak through pastors. He doesn't just speak through other you know, evangelists or speakers. He speaks through individuals. He speaks during worship. He speaks on car rides. He speaks while you're working on a car. <laughs> he speaks while you're gardening. If you garden, he speaks all the time. He is not without words if you're willing to listen. Now, I'm going to tell you one instance I revisited this this last Wednesday, which was an awesome Wednesday. It's the first time in a while I've been up in the youth room, and we talked about hearing from God and, and the struggles and frustrations that we all have and, and the youth have as well. How do we know it's God? What's his voice sound like? What's that look like? Good questions that kids have, good questions that adults have. In doing so, we, we spoke of our experiences, and that helps us understand of what that looks like. This is one of many. The Lord has spoken to me, and, Images, I always call them cartoons. Sometimes in my head, because it's like it plays out like a, like a brief, like a a a gif, or if you call it a gif, and you're wrong, if it plays out like a little, a little, just a little like short. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I call it cartoons, not necessarily cartoon, but sometimes the Lord speaks to me that way, and, and that's what He's saying. And a lot of times in worship, I ask Him, Lord, what are You saying to me? What are You saying to our church? And I did this one Sunday. Many of you were here that Sunday, and. For the first song, I should have done it the first song, but I argued with God, as many of us do. And, he, and I said, Lord, what are you saying? And I was specific. <laughs> I said, what are you saying? I wanted to say this. And he said, skip around the church. And I said, no, I don't think, I think you understand what I said. I <laughs> wanted to know what you want me to say. I don't, I don't want to skip around the church. That's crazy. And I'm already struggling with this identity thing, and I want to do something normal, because I, I, already, <laughs> usually <get> up, <laughs> I already usually get up and cry and scream or whatever. Let's, let's just do something normal today, God. How about that? <laughs> so the whole first song went by, and I tried to listen around God. And the uh, second song started, and I said, all right, God, you know, what do you, maybe you didn't understand me. <laughs> what are you saying? What do you want me to say? Because I want to say something. I know you have lots to say, and I want to say it. And so," <laughs> And he said, essentially, I got the image. It was like he was saying it of me skipping around the church. And so then I started to rationalize, like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Welcome to, my, welcome to my world here. So, Lord, I don't even know if I can skip. I haven't skipped in years. I, I mean, I don't even know if I can actually do it. Do you really want me to do this? I might trip and fall. You know, this is ridiculous. So, it was the second song, I went through the whole thing with that. And by the third song, I mean, it, it was almost as if he was just crossing his arms going, I, this is all I got for you. Either you take it or you're on your own, right? I mean, it really, that's, how, that's the way it felt. And I was like, well, here goes nothing. I mean, this is what we're going to do. And I remember thinking, maybe some, we, I looked around like was, maybe there's some kids or teenagers that'll follow me. I won't look like it. maybe it'll be kind of fun. <laughs> you know who followed me? Where's is, Shane's not here? Is any of the Wessons in here? Where's Carolyn? There's a Wesson. You remember of all the people, the biggest, burliest, bearded man, Shane? I look back and there's Shane just skipping by me. <laughs> well, there, here we go. We're just skipping around the church. So we skipped around the church that day. And uh, it wasn't about. Here's the thing. It wasn't about the skipping. It was about Lord, the Lord speaking to me and me just being obedient and trusting him. Someone after, and I'm not, for, for the sake of not embarrassing anybody, somebody after, the church, after church came and told me that they needed that that day. There was something the Lord was doing in them and in the Holy Spirit was moving. And for whatever reason, he needed me to skip that day. And it, and it, 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 was, it was huge to, to them. Um, and, and to me, that's worth it. Whether you guys got a good laugh out of it and that person got it, I'm okay with that. But the, the point of that story is, one, the Lord was speaking, I believe, for me to do something, to speak to someone else, but also to seal something in me that it was never about my ability to begin with. No matter how <clears throat> no matter how, how well-versed I am in Scripture or how, how charismatic my personality is, it was never about me to begin with. And he taught me that through the years, not just through the skipping thing. There were, there were several other instances that many of you know that the Lord continued to tell me that over the years. And, and he sealed in me that day, Listen, you were here for a purpose. I have you here for a reason. And you wouldn't be here if I didn't put you here, anyway. Um, I Think it's something funny. <clears throat> so he had me skip. But in that, he, he sealed in me something that I believe he is speaking to many of you in this church, even in the midst of what's been going on lately. You were here You, you were here for a purpose, and you were here for a season. I hope it's a long season, but you were here for a purpose, and there are going to be some things that the Lord may prompt you to do that may seem a little out of the ordinary. I hope they're not skipping, but if they are, skip away. But I'm telling you that, that especially with the last few weeks of the events that we've, we've witnessed outside of our church, and I've had conversations with many of you about that, and this whole instance with the guy that that opened fire at the restaurant that we were in, and and uh, and me and me really... You know, all of us in that situation, it's easy for us to, to paint this guy as the bad guy, and in that moment he was. But at the same time, we were, we were all or potentially could be all that same guy. I mean, all of us are on the brink of snapping at any, at any moment if we choose to. We make those choices. And when we, we say that, when we say radical statements like love your enemies, that sounds good in church. But are we doing it? Are we going to do it? Are we going to love people outside of our own paradigm, outside of our own, our own understanding? Can we do that? On our own, no, we can't, but with Christ, we can. And I, I'm not going to ask that of you. I'm going to create opportunities that you may be able to do that. Now, if God asks that of you, that's on you. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. God will put you in a position that he will create in you something really great. It's up to you to receive it if you want to or not. You don't have to, and it's not that he's disappointed in you if you don't. It's unfortunate that you don't get to take part in it. I said something to somebody this morning, I just want to be in the room. I'm glad to, to partake in it, but if I could just be in the room and see it, man, I, and we have many times, I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. So I want to encourage you that, that there are these times when I had anxiety that I thought that everything, at some point, some things are going to go wrong. Something's going to drop and something bad's going to happen. A, a, another brief window was, me, me um, and my marriage and my family that I was gonna fail in that. That's another ball that I always thought was gonna drop where, you know, my dad cheated on my mom. He was married like 10 times and like literally 10 times and, you know, and, and he was, you know, addicted to drugs and alcohol and, and there were things in his life that I thought because I carry that last name and that lineage that I had to fight those things and that was eventually gonna happen. It was always in the back of my head even though I knew I'm saved, I'm, I'm sanctified, I'm thankful and I'm good but Lord, just please don't let those things happen to me. I don't wanna fall. Right? That creates in me anxiety. Like, like many of us, I think we, it creates in us an anxiousness that if, if I just if I slip up, everything's gonna fall apart. Right? That's a heavy weight to carry. Amen. All right. What are you anxious about? Don't raise your hand. Just think that to yourself. What are you anxious about? What do you have anxiety over? Some, some of you could name a few things. Some of you have too many to list. <laughs> some of you don't even know, right? I don't even know why I'm anxious. I'm just anxious. I don't even know, I don't even know why. Part of the, I'm going to talk about some of, part of the contributors to anxiety. Now, technology is neutral. I'm not saying that technology is bad and cell phones are bad or anything like that or social media is bad. They're neutral. But it makes it much easier to chase some of these anxieties. Why is that? You have got direct access to any fact or most pop, more popularly Opinions of absolute tragedy at your fingertips 24-7, right? I watched a documentary about bees and I thought, we're all done. Mm-hmm. The bees are dying. We're not going to have apples. It's, we're done. We're all dead, right? <laughs> vaccinate, don't vaccinate. I, I'm not going to get into that debate. I mean, we've got everything. I mean, there's wasps in Australia that will kill you. Like, I wanted to visit Australia and then I read that and I was like, I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> I saw a dude square up with a kangaroo on a video, and I thought, I'm not sure I want to go to Australia. That kangaroo is ripped. <laughs> like, straight six-pack, and he's bouncing around. I was like, I thought this was just in cartoons. Apparently, kangaroos are bad to the bone, man. Anyway. There's all these things that we can say. Eggs are bad, eggs are not bad. We, don't, I don't know what they are. If you Google your symptoms, elbow. <laughs> my elbow hurts. You have elbow cancer. You know, it's, you're going to... Don't Google anything. Don't ever Google any symptom, because... You're dead. Or it's nothing at all. It's usually that's like, real common issue, probably nothing, or you're dead. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to Google a symptom today, I just told you what, what it's going to say. That's it. So I'm just saying we have access to these things, and it's easy. Here's, something, here's a tool that I use. Now, I'll be careful with the way I say this, uh, especially because I'm old, so I'm on Facebook. I know a lot of the kids aren't on Facebook anymore, but unfollow is a great tool. Unfollow some of the people that just drag you down and beat you with their inexperience. <laughs> there are some people that will just ruin your day. You're just like, oh, this is awesome. Oh, man, we're all going to die. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a massive fungus that's going to kill us all or something. You know what I mean? There's, just, there's lots of things that we can, we can stress out about if we want to chase those things. Like I said, technology is neutral, but just be careful how you use it. Here's something I've noticed. An anxious person can make others around them anxious. Right? Have you ever been around that? I've been around people, and I go, oh, "Man, I'm nervous. I don't know what should I be doing. Something? Am I doing something wrong? You know?" And you, and you get anxious. It's almost contagious, right? This is something we see in the natural, but these these things happen in the spirit as well. When we become anxious about things, that becomes contagious to the people around us. And we're like, "Oh my gosh! I'm now I'm stressed. Is there anything I can? You know? Like what have I done wrong?" You feel like something's crazy. So, here's another thing that I've noticed is. Uh, Um, social isolation will breed more anxiety if you separate yourselves. This is why I've started to reach out to a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. Never ever, especially if you're feeling anxious, try to separate yourself to try to fix it. That's not a good idea. Another reason a lot of social media and technology can kind of hurt that is because it can give you a false sense of of being there without being there. You can be part of social media saying, well, I'm keeping up with everybody, but not really. It's not as deep a connection as it is when you're when you're around people and hugging people and talking to people and, you know, you just can't, same thing with text. I know this is a radical idea, but our phones work like, like phones too. And I know I have to remind myself sometimes, I'll be texting people and like, why don't I just call this person? It would be much easier. Sometimes you can't, you can't express what, you, the way you're feeling through text and it can come across the wrong way. Sometimes, sometimes you can stress yourself out through text and build up this crazy conversation that never intended to be that way. Be careful with that. Technology is good in some ways, but sometimes it can it can create isolation. And you can, you can feel like you're there, but you're not really there. And it doesn't give us as, as deep a connection. Part of it is our culture that has created this hyper-individuality individual individuality that it's all about you. <laughs> and you're, you're, I don't want to get too deep into that, but just be careful with that too. We were designed to be around other people. You were created from community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You were created for a community, for each other. I could go on and on and on about that. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But don't run off by yourself. We need each other. Um, unfortunately, because of we are a church, we are an organized church, and, and as, as as organized as we can be, um, we are an organized church. And and when people when people come to visit us, a lot of times there are some negative connotations that go along with an organized group of people because they've either been um, they've been ostracized from them, hurt by them, um, exploited or tried to control by groups like this. Not like this, but by groups in general. So what happens is we, we get a bad rap for that. But that's not what real community is like. Real community is building up and supporting each other, right? It's a little bit different. When, when, we, when we operate from a kingdom mindset, we serve and love one another. We don't seek to control or manipulate one another. I'm not trying to convince you of a truth that I believe so that you can believe like me. That's a cult, <laughs> right? I mean, there's no other. that's a cult. I don't, I don't need to convince you of, of what I believe. Hopefully... We're along the same lines with, with what we believe. All I need to do is, is speak the truth to you, and the Holy Spirit should resonate in you of that truth. All right The definition of anxiety, if you just look up, if you if you just Google it, it's, it says to choke, to narrow, or to strangle. which is a very vivid picture, a very, very interesting picture. The Greek word, excuse me, Paul and Jesus use uh, for anxiety is to be drawn in opposite directions, to be divided into parts or pieces. To be pulled apart. If you've ever had, ang- excuse me, if you've ever had anxiety, you can kind of understand that. Multitasking. Uh, who was it? Uh, Mike. Mike, someone that said that. He's like, there's no such thing as multitasking. He's, multitasking is doing doing a lot. Of, I'll probably butcher this. Doing a lot of things like halfway or not doing them as well. You know, you can multitask, but you're not really accomplishing anything when you multitask. Be careful because it's anxiety will pull you into 20 different directions, and you can't get anything done. That's what I thought of when I saw that definition, to be drawn in opposite directions, be divided apart, and pulled into pieces. Um, here's what's interesting about anxiety that separates itself kind of from fear a little bit. Is anxiety is not just a response to an event, it's an infinite web of what-ifs. You don't know. It's like I said earlier, you're like I have anxiety. Well, why? I don't know. Well, what's your anxiety about? I don't know, I just, I'm stressed out, <laughs> right? Has anybody experienced this? I don't even know why. Now I'm stressed out about being stressed out. But anxiety is, is, is an infinite amount of what ifs. What if something happens? Um, I hate to talk about my kids, but sorry, and Trinity's in here too. Sorry, Trin. I had a moment. I had a moment, and, and I, I'm not going to embarrass you too much. I hope. I had a moment at a football game, and Tracy was there, and she freaked out too. She's like, "Oh my God, where's he going?" Tren walked by. It's the first time. First time in a long time. And I trust Trinity. She's she's not giving me any reason to doubt her or to not trust her. But she, we were at a football game, and. She walked by, and normally she looks up or she texts, hey, I'm going to do this. Just common courtesy stuff. It's not a usually a big deal. And it wasn't a big deal this time, but she just happened to not do it. And then she walked by with someone I didn't know very well, or two people I didn't know very well, and she just walked right past. And I, like, had an anxiety attack. Like, I freaked out. I don't even know why. I can't even really explain it. There was really no real reason other than, like, in a moment, I freaked out like she's growing up, and I just remembered her as a baby and, and being, you know, in the house we used to live in. And I just freaked out and got up and just followed her. And Tracy's like, where are you going? What are you doing? Like, I think she thought I was just going to go throw people around and drag her back or something. But I didn't. I just followed her and just watched and make sure she was okay. I don't know why. And was that the same night we, we ended up at McDonald's and all that went down? Yeah. Maybe it was just a premature of what was going to happen. But uh, maybe the Holy Spirit was showing me something a little bit early. I don't know. But I just followed her and I was just, I just freaked out. I just had like an anxiety attack. Like, oh my gosh, what's, she's growing up and it's just, it would just wig me out. Like I said, I couldn't even explain it. I don't even know why. Um, but, but that's one of those things. I don't, even, I don't even know why. I mean, I trust her. Everything was fine. It wasn't a big deal. I just had like this, this moment. Um, anxiety leaves you with a fear of uncertainty, helplessness, and hopelessness. It gives you a negative view of everything you see on earth around you. Because anxiety, because anxiety is so multifaceted, it is more difficult to pinpoint its origin. You don't even know why you're anxious, and we talked about this already. And you don't you don't want to be anxious, so you're anxious. So you have anxiety about having anxiety. Corrie Ten Boone says this: Anxiety is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It's moving into it's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Anxiety doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow; it empties today of its strength. What is Jesus saying when he says, "Do not be anxious"? He is not saying that you should should feel shame and guilt when you feel anxious. What he is saying is that regardless of how you feel, or what you see, he is your peace and he is your righteousness. He says over and over again, your father knows, your father knows, your father knows. He knows you. You can't do this by yourself. This is not a battle for you to suppress anxiety. He's saying that your father in heaven possesses radical generosity. Let's go back to Matthew 5. He's giving an example of the differences between pagans, their gods, and your Heavenly Father's character. The pagans would run around and come up with these elaborate prayers and all these things that they would do to try to please their gods because they didn't know what kind of day their god was having. <laughs> he may rain down some, some death on them. He may have some really bad things going on. Their gods were pretty fickle, right? They didn't know what was going on. The, pagan, the, the pagans would worship gods and they would try to take this upon themselves to try to please and appease their gods. And he's, he's contrasting that with how our Heavenly Father loves us. He's saying, your Heavenly Father knows you. He knows what you want even before you know what you want. He knows what you need even before you know. That's how good he is. He knows you. He's not looking for you to come up with some elaborate plan, some glorious prayer that's full of these and thous, and, and, and you dance around to try to please him. He is already pleased in Christ, and right now, you are pleased. You are pleasing to him right now. So in that place, his perspective of you is all blessings, no curses. You're not operating from blessings and curses like old covenant. He has at this at this point, being born again, all he can do is bless, and he knows what you need before you even need it. Here it is. <laughs> it's not suppressing anxiety. The origin here's the origin of anxiety. If here's the here's the, if you want a drum roll, <laughs> the origin of anxiety is a belief that things will not turn out okay. At the very when you say, I don't even know why I'm anxious, ultimately the origin of that is you think that something's going to happen, that ball's going to drop, something bad, eventually it's not going to work out okay. Something is going to happen. That's the origin of it. That's the, that's the core of what it is. Now, it it may manifest itself in many different ways. For me, it was being uncertain about where Trinity was going, what she was doing, is she safe, is she okay, I don't know. It was me thinking something bad is going to happen. It has not even happened yet. But the core of it is, is things are not going to turn out Okay. Something bad is going to happen. I don't even know what it is, but I have anxiety about it. I hate those commercials that, and, and listen, I'm not trying, to, I'm not trying to, to, to say that doctors are bad or, or, or medicine is bad, it's good. I take medicine, I'm not saying anything to that. But I hate those commercials. I, I really despise commercials in general, but all of them that, that promote a lot of the drugs that they, and that most, of the, most of the side effects are worse than the symptoms. It's like, do you, you have yellow toenails? Well, this could cause suicidal thoughts. And, I'll keep my yellow toenails. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm like mute and fast forward. This is horrible. I'm just saying. Look, you know. I, yeah. I'm not even talk about where they're talking about bleeding. Anyway. You know what? I'll deal with the with the issues more. than I'll deal with those those side effects. But anyway. But there was one that shows this cloud. Have you ever seen it? And this medicine gets makes the cloud smaller. I'm like, but the cloud's still there. I need the cloud gone. I don't want the cloud. Right. <laughs> and they do, but it's pretty accurate and I, and I frustrate a lot of doctors I'm pretty frustrating in doctor's office because I'll ask them straight up I had pink eye one time and I was like hey does this medicine just make me feel better until it runs its course or is this actually curing me and helping me because I'm cheap I don't want to pay for it I'll suffer through it right is this actually helping it like shorten it or is this just making me feel better and I, this doctor would not tell me for the longest time finally he's like you know what it just makes you feel better it really doesn't help it I was like that's all I need to know I'm going to take this prescription throw it away and take some Tylenol or something, right? I just need to know. <laughs> Tell me what it's doing. Is it actually, you know, like is it an antibiotic or is it viral? I mean, anyway, doctors, poor doctors. Anyway, he made me wait too long. I had an appointment <laughs> <laughs> at 3 o'clock. He had the same appointment because he made it, but he was an hour late. I was there 30 minutes early. I digress. <laughs> Why do we even make an appointment, doc? All right. You, you live here. You work here. I had to drive up Anyway, so. <clears throat> huh? Sorry. We can edit that out or not, whatever. All right. <laughs> what, was I, what am I even talking about? All right. He, <clears throat> he's giving a good example between uh, pagans, gods, and your heavenly father's character. Matthew 6, 7. Don't be like the pagans because your father knows you. Um, listen, the pagans really didn't know where they stood with the gods. We know where we stand with God. We're not waiting on things to happen. We're not waiting on the ball to drop. We know that it's our, everything has already happened for us in the spirit. Our life is now living from that place, not trying to attain it. It's a completely different perspective. On earth as it is in heaven. He goes on to talk about the Lord's prayer. On earth as it is in heaven. Every prayer you've ever prayed should look exactly like that. On earth as it is in heaven. Am I stressed out? Not Not in heaven, you're not stressed out. Do I have fear, anxiety? Not in heaven, you don't. What does that mean? On earth as it is in heaven. Every prayer that you pray should, in essence, be, Lord, make this on earth as it is in heaven. This is something I actually had a discussion with a, a new friend I made this morning. Uh, we talked a little bit this morning in my office, and uh, he said, hey, you guys have, have Sunday school? I was like, no, but we hang out in my office. Just hang out in here. <laughs> so we talked a little bit, and uh, one of the things that, that I, I, I struggled with when I first was born again and started going to church I struggled with this idea that we had to die before we could experience heaven. And it was preached so much that I was like, man, I feel completely hopeless, (laughs) you know, until I die. Why is that? And it took me years to begin to really dig into scripture to see that that's not what the Bible tells us at all. The Bible tells us over and over again that God came and he brought his kingdom with him. And he came and he said, I I don't, here's the thing. The goal of church, the goal of Christianity, the goal of Jesus was not to get you to go to heaven when you die. Big gasp. (gasps) Your goal is not to get a ticket to go to heaven when you die. It's not a golden ticket. This isn't Willy Wonka. God's goal and Jesus' goal, which was accomplished on the cross, was to get heaven into you. It says He made a deposit. He made His mansion. He made His home where God and man could dwell in your heart, in the Holy Spirit. He demonstrated on earth and Jesus to say, Look, I can, I can create, God and man can be good again. Look at Jesus. We're okay now, we can be okay together. Things are going to be okay. The opposite of what we have anxiety about. Everything's going to be okay. And now we are walking, talking temples. <laughs> now heaven, we possess heaven as a deposit in our hearts. Now when you die, yay, you get to go see it in its fullness. What a, what a bonus. <laughs> what a bonus of the kingdom. You have eternal life. That's, that's incredible. But guess what? It starts right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until you die. That's good news. We have a hope but it's not deferred. We have a reality that we live in that is from the kingdom of God and it manifests itself on earth. That's, that's huge. That is what we've been talking about, overflowing these rivers of life coming from him in and through us to other people. That's what we're talking about. That's the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.25 is continuing his revelation to Father God that he knows you, he's radically generous, and he is not reluctant to answer prayers. God's generosity even extends, he's given a comparison here, it even extends to the tiny little birds in the sky. Do you think it doesn't tend to you? When we pray, how do we pray? He says, look, our Father, that was a radical statement even, not far away God, riding on stones, but our Father who loves us, who we can be close to, who resides where? In heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. But listen, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's ultimately all of our prayers. The core, the origin of anxiety that we feel and that we struggle with is is this lie that says everything's not gonna be okay. When Jesus is already defeated, sin, death, and hell. He didn't push your anxiety off and make it a smaller little cloud. He took it and made a public spectacle of it on the cross. Yes. He killed it. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I almost want to cuss. <laughs> <laughs> he killed it, like, real, bi- real bad. <laughs> <laughs> he killed it right in the face. Graveyard. He killed it. Yes, again. Graveyard, dead. Yes. Graveyard dead. Your anxiety can't get any deader. Now you live from the reality and the revelation of what he did for you. You see the difference in the origins. The origin of anxiety is saying things are not going to be okay. God tells us constantly through scripture, everything's going to be okay. Amen. Yeah. Just switch sources. It doesn't mean that you don't see this old source. It doesn't mean that you don't deal with it from time to time. Right. Your pastor does. <laughs> Go back to your origin. Listen, everything is going to be okay. No matter what you see physically, sometimes things don't look in in the time. In the time period that we see, we take snapshots. Well, this doesn't look like everything's okay, God. And He goes, I I know. I'm patient. I'm patient with that person that you're ready to give up on. I'm patient with you when you're ready to give up on yourself. Patient. He's a loving Father. He's not a distant deity like the pagans. You see the contrast. They don't, you don't dance around cutting yourself and screaming out. Lord, please, please, please just be happy at us. It's not good grammar. And we go, Lord, thank you. And even though we don't deserve it, and even though we still struggle with these things, you are happy at us. Aw. <laughs> Little bean sneezes. Listen, I know, <laughs> I know what you're thinking when I say everything's going to be okay. Well, that's good because it's Sunday and we're in church. What about tomorrow? Did you hear what I said earlier? <laughs> He's already there. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. What does he say? I already know what you mean. Why are you worried about things that I already know? I'm outside of time and space. You were stressing on things I've already taken care of. Don't waste your time on that. we got things to do. Yeah. we got fun things to do. Ministry doesn't look like it used to. <laughs> right? right? Yes. Love is incredible. Radical love is incredible, and there's no defense for it. That's right. Listen, I've seen people that would argue with you tooth and nail about theology, that I've seen people love them, and they will fall apart when they see the love of God on a person. You want to debate people, that's okay. Sometimes it's healthy. But remember, you're not debating anybody into heaven. You are sharing heaven with people on earth right now. You've got the greatest gift that's ever been given. You, you guys, have the greatest gift that's ever been given on earth. And you can share it with anybody you choose to. Just like anxiety is contagious, the kingdom is even more contagious. Most of us in here saw the kingdom in people. We, and we didn't, same thing like anxiety, we didn't even know what it was. We just thought, I kind of want what they have. Something is different about this person. Not just that they go to church or that they do these things. There's something different about the way this person acts and reacts to people around them and it's the kingdom of God that had moved on their lives. And it's very contagious. <laughs> Genesis even tells us that God knows that we need each other. It's not good for a man to be alone. It's when Adam and Eve separated when they were deceived, when they begin to question God and how good he was. It's the same way with us. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. There's no lone ranger Christianity. Don't isolate yourself. We come here every Sunday, not because it's Sunday or that, that we come to church just to, to go through the motions or it's a thing that we check off our list. We come to fellowship with one another and to love one another and to build up each other not to control each other manipulate each other or try to steal from each other we just share the joy that the god that the god that the god has given us right. that our father has given us that's a good thing it's a healthy thing it's a healthy church that builds each other up you can't do this on your own where we where sometimes we can't see clearly what god is saying to us you may have somebody across the church that can listen it never fails on a sunday morning someone comes to me and gives me an encouraging word or a scripture, or even during the week, they'll send me a text or we'll call or we'll talk and we build each other up. It's not hard. I, pass, I was telling Rick this morning, I passed this road the other day. I said, Man, I prayed for you the other day. I meant to text you and tell you, but I was driving and I'm trying to not to do that too much. <laughs> and I said, I just wonder, it's not that I'm, hey, I'm praying for people. I just want him to know. Sometimes we need to know that people are praying for us. He said, Man, i been dealing with some things with work. I'm, thank you. I appreciate it. Do that more. So I encourage you guys, do that more. Pray for one another. If you see somebody, one of the, one of the tools that we can use negatively, we can use positively. If see somebody on Facebook that's struggling or it looks like they're, it looks like their life is perfect, pray for those guys. Because they're lying to you. <laughs> Listen, just share the love that God's given you. It's not complicated. I quoted Bill Johnson, talked about the the gospel is profoundly simple. It really is. Don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. We don't need 613 laws to get us to God. Jesus said, look, all these laws, any of the laws that you could possibly think of, hang on these two. Love me and receive the love that I give you and love the people around you. It's just simple. Now, from that place, you might see some pretty cool things. You You might end up skipping around a church or something. I don't know. You might approach somebody that you wouldn't normally approach to pray for. You may actually love your enemies. I'm not saying go out and try to do that, because you'll probably fail if you just try to do that. But if, here's the key, if you lean, if you lean into the Lord and say, hey, this is stressing me out. Hey, I have anxiety about this. We talked about it in youth. If, you're, if you have questions, if you're stressed out, if you have anxiety about these things, that's Okay because at least you have, if you're stressing out and you're thinking about these things, you're thinking about something, you're thinking about someone, there's still hope. <laughs> That's okay, be real. Lydia came up to me this morning and we talked about this. This is how we build each other up. She said, look, even Jesus was stressed out. She didn't even know what I was gonna talk about today. He was in the garden, sweating blood, saying, God, I'll do this, but if there is any other way, and this is Jesus, the Son of God, he's saying, I don't know about this. This is hard. <laughs> and, I, and that's the nice way to put it. Listen, God, if there's any other way, but I trust you. I want to do it your way. I know, I know that in the end, it's all going to work out. I trust that in the end, it's all going to work out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, same thing. Kill us, don't kill us, jump in the fire, fire, no fire. All I know is that it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. If there's anything you take away from this, know that. I don't say it lightly like, hey man, everything's going to be okay. No, everything's going to be okay. I know it without a shadow. I proclaim it from the rooftops. Everything's okay because of what Jesus did. Not because of what I'm saying, not because of a self-help program. I don't have three steps and a poem. Jesus makes everything okay and he will make your everything okay. So, I'm going to pray for you. Stand up, I'm going to pray for you. Yeah. Can I just share a quick scripture? No. Yes, of course you can. It's, you know what, you know. it's Psalm 1715, and it's one of my favorites. It's out of the Message Bible. It says, and for me, well, I plan on looking you full in the face. And when I get up, I'm going to see your full stature, and I will live heaven on earth. Wow. Listen, the Bible says we, we can approach the throne boldly. You don't, you don't approach a throne boldly with fear. The reason we can approach the throne boldly is because of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit that he's given us. The reason we can look anxiety in the face and say, get out, is because of what Jesus did. It's not arrogance, it's boldness in the face of our, any adversary that we have. And I want to encourage you, you have no human adversaries, none. Jesus didn't either. Sin, death, and hell were beaten on the cross. Your real enemies were beaten. So don't look at people as your enemy. God loves people. Oh. Listen, I'm not like a baby person, but when I come early in the mornings and I study and I hear babies, a baby cooing in the, in the edges, I'm like, oh, <laughs> so sweet, so cute. All right, let me pray for you guys. Father, <clears throat> Lord, I proclaim right now the good news that you have already defeated our enemies, and anxiety is one of those enemies. It's one of those enemies that seeks to um, divert us and hurt us. So, Lord, right now I proclaim that that the origin of of whatever anxiety it is, I call it out. Listen, there is no what-ifs in in our lives anymore. Everything is going to be okay. We know that because of what you have done, not because of what we can do, not because of what we even feel or see. We know it because of the truth of who you are, Lord, we trust in the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that lives in and through us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you continue to manifest your nature in us day by day, moment by moment, in every situation with our kids, with our families, with our enemies, with those that we, we think poorly of. Lord, on, on either side of a, a debate or a political uh, political uh, standing, Lord, I pray that, that we would see your love and how powerful it is in the, in the midst of those things. So Father, right now, I just, uh, I, br- I just proclaim your blessings on your people right now. Lord, they're already there. Just open our eyes to see them, and I pray that you would open their eyes to see them. And from that place, Lord, I, sh- I just pray that, that you would open their eyes to share them with the ones that are around them. They're there. They need, they need us. They need you. Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and we are thankful today that we can continue to just be in the room and see you work and see you move. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.